Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 652 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today on the podcast, Jenny Smith and I are going to define a term from your life with diabetes. In today's Defining Diabetes, we'll be discussing pump break. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you looking for a way to help people with type 1? Are you looking for a way to support the Juicebox podcast? I have a little something you can do that will do both of those things, and it will take you fewer than 10 minutes. Head to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Take the survey, and uh, that's it. You need to be a U.S. resident who has type 1 or a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone with type 1. Other than that, there are no rules. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by two of my longest advertisers, Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash. Head to omnipod.com forward slash juicebox to get started today and see if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. The podcast is also sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Say hello to Dexcom at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. You'll find out at the link. Links to these and all the sponsors are available at juiceboxpodcast.com and right there in the show notes of the audio app that you're listening in. Jenny, I'd like to define pump break, and I have to admit that I don't know enough of, I think because I don't have diabetes, this one's lost on me, right? Okay. Because from my perspective, I believe that Arden's insulin pump has made Arden's diabetes easier. And sure. Because I'm not wearing it, I don't have any reason to want her to stop it, but I, and she's then obviously never voiced a desire to stop it either. Cause I think that's a big piece, especially with kids and teens that where parents are really trying to listen to their kid. It's not so much that the parent would, for the most part, I don't think 99.9% of parents would ever want to remove the pump. Right. Yeah. I think it comes more from the desire of the child expressing a frustration that they say, okay, well, let's try this. So Arden has, when she was younger in the past said, you know, I'm going to stop wearing a pump and I go, okay, that's fine. Here's how this is going to work from now on. We're going to take a shot of long long acting insulin, probably in the morning, um, maybe at night, we'll work that out. You're going to have to do an injection every time you eat. And then she was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> it was it was like that yeah. quick. And I wasn't trying to scare her. I was just like, that's fine if that's what you want to do. And she was much younger. She has not mentioned it in many years. I, sure. I, I would admit that. Um, but, but I take your point. You know, if a kid wants to take a break from it, 
I get that. I think that's fine. From your perspective, though, as an adult, you've had diabetes forever. Like, have you ever stopped using your pump to take a break? Yes. Um, but not. God, it's been a really, really, really long time since I did that. I mean, it's probably been six to eight years. Okay. And I, I know that at one point I had done it in the past only because I really just, well, one in particular, I was going diving. So I can tell you that I did it for, and it was only like a two day Mm -hmm. because that was just going to be the time period in which we were actually diving, um, where you can't physically like wear the pump down, you you know, it was going to be like a whole pain in the butt to just do it. And since I wear Omnipod and couldn't just easily disconnect and leave my site connected, I was just, I'm just going to go to injections. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are some maybe life types of things too, that people would decide to do that for as well. Um, but another, I think reason in the past that I had done, it was just to give it a try and remember what my strategy was like with MDI. It was more of a learning, not a, I'm really tired of my pump. I just want to be completely disconnected and have nothing on my body. Um, Now I didn't disconnect completely. Obviously I, I kept my, um, my continuous monitor on. Mm -hmm. So I still had all of that information to use in order to dose with injections and smooth things a lot better. Um, I mean, I, I don't think I've been off of a CGM for maybe more than like three days because I didn't have enough supplies left maybe, Mm -hmm. or, I mean, I've been on a CGM consistently for like 16 years. So MDI without a CGM I don't know that world anymore other than just, I'll just do a heck of a lot of finger sticks because I did do that when I was pumping before I had a CGM. Right. And I just did. I mean, I think my order for, for test strips was like my doctor had written for like 14 test strips a day or something was what back then. And I, and, and I used them. (laughs) We we did that with Arden too. So I would say 10 was like a slow day for us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you were like, in the morning, before meals, after meals, where are we at? Like basically trying to be a CGM before I even knew what one was. Bedtime. I mean, I before I had a CGM, I always had a two o'clock in the morning alarm that went off. Yeah. In fact, many times I was awake just before my alarm went off because my body was so used to getting up at that time. Oh, it really? was just the norm. Yeah. Do you know back then, um, back then when I was young, if you would have said to me without a clock or a watch or any way to follow time, if you would have said to me, Scott, right now, start and tell me, tell me when an hour is, I could almost do 60 minutes to the second because I would think like, all right, Arden just ate in an hour. I'll test her. And yeah. I would set alarms and set alarms to the point where my body knew when an hour had passed. It was right. It was ridiculous. I do not have that skill anymore. And I'm, I'm glad, glad of it. Well, and I think it's, it's good to bring this all in, in terms of going back to just injections, coming off of a pump, taking a pump vacation, because like I did in the past, it was sort of a trial of, do I remember how to do this? Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily think it's actually a bad thing to maybe do if your child is willing, or if as an adult, you're like, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know if all my technology failed and it was over like a holiday weekend or I was on some remote Island somewhere and they couldn't overnight me a new pump, you know, what would I do? Um, So it is a good idea to have an idea, you know, to have that back knowledge of where would you go and what would you do? Um, But it also then starts with how would I go to injections? How would I take what I'm doing on my pump and transition that into dosing strategy and calculations and everything to make it work. Well, there's no way with a, with an algorithm, like there's no way to mimic an algorithm with, I guess you could inject yourself a thousand times, but even then you couldn't take basil away. You couldn't take, yeah, there's no way to do it. Um, I could probably go back to the way before, but just conventional pumping. Yeah. yeah, I, I could get, I could probably mimic that with MDI pretty well. But it's a lot of injections. I mean, you're going to be shooting a couple of times in two hours after a meal, maybe if something happens or you're trying to eat something with fat in it. But when you talk to adults who who say, I want to take a pump break, is mm-hmm. that is that usually a what do you think? Well, what, do we, what do you think? What do you see from people? What precipitates the the idea that they want to take a break when it comes from an adult? I think it's a couple of things. Like I said, the one um, diving that I did it's So it's sometimes it's more like a life thing where they just don't the perceived hassle of pumping part, like all of the pieces and whatnot that may be interruptive to what they're going to be doing or may not just work well with what they're doing. That may be a reason. Um, Another reason that I've had is some people for some reason start to get irritation with the Mm -hmm. adhesive enough to the point that they just need a break. They just can't imagine putting another piece of something on their body with, you know, like an outbreak rash that just takes forever to heal as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that might be another reason. Um, Usually for something like that, I say, well, you're using this type of a pump or this type of an infusion set. Let's just without putting it on, Let's do the pump vacation and I'll give you, you know, the rules to do that. But let's also at the same time, get a couple extra different kinds of infusion sets and just kind of pop it on your body without it being used. Let's see if it's truly this product, the adhesive, how can we kind of get around it? Especially if we work through all of the other under adhesives with the other product and nothing seems to be helping enough. It's it's so unfair. People who already have an autoimmune issue. Um, you know, it's, it's reasonable that they might have more allergies than other people too. And then you have to stick this stuff on, I probably, right. probably should do an episode at some point about barriers too, and how people press. That would be like, great. Yeah. Cause I, I right, I'm going to put that on the list. Add it to the list. Yeah. Hold on a second. I'll do it now. Cause I think we all know. I'll yes. Write, I'll forget if I don't write it down right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so those are some of the reasons yeah. I would say. Yeah. Because I think that's. Well, I mean, it's funny because my brain jumps to like, like people being annoyed wearing something. And so they want to take a break. But the medical reasons are, I mean, for the adhesive itself is that that's probably, that's probably the biggest one because it's not like you can power through that. Like I've seen terrible, like some people's rashes are terrible. Correct. I mean, I've got one team that I've worked with for a while now who loved using the pump. But the problems that we saw with use of the pump 
he is doing so much better on multiple daily injections Mm -hmm. than ever was consistent with the pump. And so, you know, in a decision like that, then it's okay. This is how we would take a pump vacation. Will we ever get back to the pump? I don't know. The big thing there was to look at what kind of management could we get with multiple daily injections versus the issues that the pump was bringing in to the management. And for him, it was a cut and dry. I mean, there was definitely adjustment and stuff once you go back to just injection management. Um, But it's, it's better. For him. for him. Was it sites? Was he not getting absorption? Totally inconsistent absorption. Yeah. Sites could be fine for three days and then they could be really bad within 12 hours. Um, sometimes there was irritation from the adhesive. Sometimes, I mean, it was a host of things that were just, and because of it, like there was no consistency in blood sugar because we never really could tell how well insulin was really working. Some days he'd have these beautiful lines and like the next day be completely sitting at like 300. Oh, wow. Like it was, it was, yeah, so that makes and sense not doing anything now. different food wise. I mean, yeah. this, this guy eats like the same things all the time. Well, <laughs> so. that, yeah, that's a perfect example of it. Okay. So, yeah. Um, all right. So let's just like high level, you're going to stop using your pump. Let's see. If you made me do this, you stop me when I'm wrong, okay? If you said to me, Scott, Arden can't use a pump anymore, I would say I would add up her basal rates, right, and find out what her basal insulin is over 24 hours. Right. I would probably, hmm, because she has an algorithm that takes her basals away sometimes, would I lessen it a little bit? Ooh, interesting question. No, I would probably be aggressive. I would probably add up her basal insulin and then shoot that much. I would fight with a doctor if they didn't want to give me a more modern basal insulin. I don't think I'd want to use Levamir or Lantus if I didn't have to. Like, it's just because of that, that's anecdotal from what I'm seeing from other people. Correct. You know, um, like getting there are, I think you bring up just the point that there are better, newer basal insulins that are definitely much more consistent 24 hour yeah. action, like a true hundred percent, 24 hours, you will get out of this basal injection. Right. And I um, have, I have anxiety thinking back on, we didn't use Lantus because, Oh, Oh my God. We didn't use Lantus because it burned Arden. It's oh, not uncommon to I, hear. I did not remember that though, because she tried Fiasp and Lumjev and it burned her too. I wonder, Oh, that's interesting. They might not have anything to do with each other. I just never thought of that. It's been so many years. So Arden used Levin. Yeah, they're made by different companies, but who knows what the chemicals in them that might have caused that. Interesting. Could be similar. So Arden used Levamir. We split it. And I would hopefully not want to do that. Like the splitting, it's like, it's just, it's, I mean, it works, but it's a pain. Um, Right. And then from there, I guess I would just, I'd look at her meal ratio and we'd shoot and pre-bolus and see what happens. Short episode, short ads. Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Here's why you want it. You can see the speed and direction of your blood sugar, including the number, right there on your Apple, iPhone, or Android device. And you could even use the Dexcom receiver if you like. Up to 10 people can follow your Dexcom if you like. They don't have to. That's up to you. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. See the speed, direction, and number. Right now, 
Arden is eating Chinese food right now. Right now. And her blood sugar is 123, and it's just starting to make that little, like, like maybe we didn't bolus enough. I'm not quite sure yet. But we're going to know soon. And with Dexcom, I'm going to use the data to stop it from ever being an issue. If we missed on this bolus a little bit, we'll be able to come right back at it using the data that comes from Dexcom. So aside of all those safety features, like alarms that you set, high alarms, low alarms, rise and fall alerts, things that you can use during the day and while you're sleeping for comfort. I mean, those are all great reasons to have Dexcom. You know, I'm talking about management, but safety and security is another great reason. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. There may be no more important thing if you are using insulin than being able to see where your blood sugar is going and how fast it's going there. Now, in a moment, when we figure out that maybe we didn't bolus enough for this meal, we're going to use Arden's Omnipod to set, I think I'm going to set like a temp basal increase here on top of this, uh, this, this takeout, or maybe we'll just bolus again. I'm not sure, but with the Omnipod, we have nothing but possibilities. Temp basal increases, extended boluses, bolusing without injections, tubeless insulin pumping, and you may wonder, why am I bringing that up here? Because I'm, I'm basically talking about some takeout food. Well, what about this? In about an hour, Arden's going to need to take a shower. And she won't have to disconnect from her pump to do that. Can you imagine if you had to disconnect from your tubed pump while you had Chinese food rolling around in your belly? Digesting? While your body's pulling out those, those little molecules of sugar and sticking them into your blood? You need that insulin right then. You don't want to have times when you have to disconnect from your insulin pump. That could be bathing, swimming, activities, weightlifting, running, all the places where some people take their pumps off. You wear an Omnipod, you get your insulin just the way you're supposed to. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. All right, I'm going to go over everything here real quick. At Omnipod.com forward slash juice box, you can find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You may be. At Dexcom.com forward slash juice box, you can find out if you're eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. You understand here what I'm saying? You want to hit these links. Get started today with the technology that my daughter and so many other people are using to keep their blood sugars stable, to keep their lives healthy, and to keep their days safe. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. These are our results and yours may vary. For full safety risk and information, free trial terms and conditions, you can visit Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. There's lots more to this episode, so let's get right back to Jenny and me, but you know, mostly Jenny. I, mean, I think the biggest thing there is calculation. Yeah. Cause oh then God. it's all right. It's all self-calculation at that point. So, you know, then it becomes a lot of daily equations and a lot of daily calculation or, or tracking of insulin on board. Mm -hmm. Right. So with the way that you manage in a very like tight micromanaging way, if you have just a breakfast, lunch, and dinner bolus going in, you see a 
definite finish of the bolus by the next time you're going to eat. But if you are really heavy handed in managing and keeping and not, I'm not saying that badly. It's just that if you're heavy handed in managing and it's working really well, then your, your little lingering trickles of the end of active insulin from one bolus into maybe a correction or a snack came into the picture or something like that, which can be very common with little kids with their snack, 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 kind of grazing through the day, then your timer is almost consistently being restarted and your analysis of insulin on board becomes deeper because there's more there to consider. Yeah. I, you just made me feel like, like I, I was imagining in my head, like bands of like bands or like rubber bands. No, no, no. Like, like, how am I going to explain this? Um, Timelines. So, so there's insulin that's running on a timeline from the bolus for breakfast. And if you're MDI, you put it in at 9 a.m. And that one timeline ends usually before you'd put in more. So it would, you'd be only working in this one linear line. But, right. but with an algorithm or even pumping, you might bolus 30 minutes later, bolus again. That's a new bolus on a different timeline. The first one's Correct. at 9 a.m. The second one's at 9.45 a.m., and then before you know it, you grab a snack at 10, 15, and that's a third one. There are all these overlapping yes. timelines of insulin running concurrently, and they're all starting, peaking, and stopping at different times. It's almost like a symphony, really, like yeah. when you're doing all that. And you don't you don't so much control it as you just sort of, I don't know. Roll with you it. Just roll with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it becomes, you know, the old term of stacking. That really is why on MDI, it becomes more beneficial to just have a a pretty rigid schedule. Mm -hmm. Like you get up in the morning in a fasting state. I think that's the, if your basal is really well dialed in and you're waking in a really healthy range and you've done enough testing that you can fast into like the mid morning and you know that your basal isn't allowing you to drop at least not too much or Mm -hmm. rise at least too much, then could you test out and say, well, morning isn't really my weird place. I can vary when I wake up in the morning. It might be the next bolus is down the line, though, that you really have to keep in a, I know my active insulin time is three and a half hours. So I'm going to eat breakfast at eight o'clock today. So maybe by noon, I'll definitely be out of that active insulin window enough that lunch will be its true own effect coming into the afternoon. But like I said, if you're stacking kind of um, because you're eating and snacking and eating and snacking and grabbing and whatever happens through a day, it's a, it's a tracking that you end up having to do. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Like um, I I wish, I, I wish I could put it together visually the way I see it in my head, just, you know, layers on top of layers floating in their own timelines and, no. My yes. Goodness. All right. Yeah. So uh, if, if this is a planned thing, contact the doctor, make sure you have a pen or needles and, you know, the insulin that you need. And yep. And, that, you know, like you were saying before with basil, everybody on a pump should have a basil sitting in their refrigerator anyway, in case of pump failure. Um, that's a good rule of thumb <laughs> that if you are a pumper, even if you have a backup pump, again, all things beautiful. Not all of your systems as backups will fail, but in the time or the day that that does happen, you may have to go back to a basal injected insulin. And 
Sure. If you at least have one on order, could you quickly swing by your pharmacy and grab it and come home? Absolutely. But you know what? If it happens at two o'clock in the morning, it's easier to have a basil sitting in your fridge that you can just take and not have to worry. I think Jenny's trying to make me feel bad. I don't... uh, (laughs) About once a year, Kelly's like, do we have basal insulin in case Arden's pump has a problem? I'm like, oh, no, what? No, I don't know. Um, but every time there's been a problem, it has been at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you that much. Yes. So the example here is don't be like Scott. There's an episode with the word Adele in it somewhere. We went to an Adele concert. Arden's PDM died at the Adele concert. Um, she was still getting basal. And so I remember just it happened, and it was Kelly's birthday present and so nobody wanted to make kelly upset so i just reached over arden had popcorn i took it from her and i was like stop eating that (laughs) and and uh (laughs) because we couldn't bowl us and then we got home and then i got you know i got told about not having basil insulin it was a lovely moment that every married man understands what i'm saying and i i got i got it explained to me that i was wrong and then i remembered there was a kid in town that used omnipods and we literally woke them up and stole their their, uh, their extra PDM. Extra PDM, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, the good thing in the story is, of course, that the pod didn't fail. It was just the PDM that wasn't working. Yeah, so it was it's good to know one. that your pump's still giving you basil. Yeah, it was the old PDM. It just died, and uh, she still she kept getting basil. I was positive that was right. Um, mm-hmm. but in fairness to my anxiety, there were people I was able to text right from the adult concert and go, Hey, I'm right about this. Aren't I? She's still getting basil. And they were like, yes. And I was like, Ooh, okay, yes. Good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. so yeah, I mean, it boils down to a basal insulin in the fridge as you were kind of doing some yeah. figuring or calculations. It's what is your current pump delivering in terms of what is your base basal? Even if you have an algorithm driven pump, what is the base profile supposed to be delivering for you? in a day. Now, if you're going to get a little bit more nitpicky about it on average, could you go and see, well, what is your algorithm algorithm on average kind of taking away? What is it averaging out? I mean, in the moment, you're probably not going to do that. Go to your base basal profile, look at what it would give you over a 24 hour time period. And then because pump sites are supposed to be a little bit better at consistency in absorption. Mm -hmm. That's the reason that if you're coming from MDI going to a pump, we usually take the basal down by about 10 to 20% of what your injected dose would be. So if you're doing the opposite, you'd actually take your base basal in the pump and you may dial it up by 10 to 20% as the injected basal dose. Okay. Yeah. I think Arden would probably, it's interesting. Arden would, I would probably start Arden around 26 maybe units. And because she, but she's so heavy the other way. Like like Arden's meal ratios on meals really heavy, so we're lighter on basil, but that's just because it works on the algorithm. I guess I would learn. <laughs> you would learn exactly. In fact, this this conversation makes me want to. I mean, not really want to, but makes me kind of want to like get some of my basil out of the fridge and just Try play around for a couple of yeah. days. Well, yeah, because now <laughs> I mean, Arden's meal ratio is one to four and a half. So, I mean, she gets, I'm going to pull up a calculator. She gets big. I mean, and depending on how much she's eating in a meal, I would expect that her basil versus bolus is probably well off of the, your basil bolus should be 50-50. Yeah, I don't think hers is. I think hers is probably, I mean, if she ate 50 carbs divided by 4.5. 
It's 11. And she's getting about, yeah, she's, I was going to say 10 to 11 units yeah, of insulin. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you, some people, I tell you what, like some of her like high fat meals, you all have a stroke if you saw that bowl is going. <laughs> there's, plenty, <laughs> there's plenty of people would be like, how much are you using? And I'm like, 19 units. <laughs> Lots of insulin. Well, and that, I mean, that brings up another point. It's like then on MDI, how do you mirror what you were doing, even not on a even not on an algorithm driven pump, but just on a conventional pump, at least you have things like extended bolus and temporary basal that you have to your advantage on injections. The best thing that you can do is use your hindsight Mm -hmm. from where would you have added more insulin for a meal like this previously. And even if it was an extended bolus, if you're waiting for a rise to bolus extra for fat or wherever you figured that you usually would have needed more, you're still going to need another injection. Now, the question is how much more now? And are you just going to have to break that? What would have normally been entered into the pump? Do you have to break it up yourself in multiple injections? You're making me wonder if I increased Arden's basal and decreased her meal ratio, made it weaker. If we, if it would coat things, if we maybe couldn't even find stability, by making changes like that. I wonder if we could. It, you know what? It's a crapshoot because the algorithm will save you or try to save you if it, if the basal is too heavy to begin with. Correct. I'm, I'm and not- your, your saving on injections is just food. Right. Or, yeah. or extra insulin, I guess. It's, it's kind of either or, I right? I mean, um, I mean the, one, the one high side I could see is that, you know, big boluses don't tend to absorb as well, like through sites. Right. So maybe that is interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And for boluses, then, I mean, the simple math is really just, it's two calculations. You have to have a blood sugar calculation and you have a food calculation, right? Mm -hmm. So you take your current blood sugar, take away the target that you're aiming for, let's say 100, and then you divide it by whatever is your correction factor, your ISF, your insulin sensitivity factor, let's say it's 50, right? That gives you how much corrective insulin, if any, you might need at this mealtime. And the second calculation is just carbs divided by your insulin to carb ratio. And that's just the part for food. And then you add them together. So if Arden's blood sugar was 150 mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be 100, yeah, I would take 50, divide it by her correction her, factor, her correction factor, which is like 45 maybe. And I would come up with like one point something, whatever that would end up being. I closed yes, 1.1. 1.1. And that would be my injection. That would be your injection just to correct. And then if she's going to eat 60 grams of carb divided by what 4.5, you said is her ratio. I mean, that's 13 units. So So now she's getting 14.1 units or 14 because you can't really do microscopic bolus via injection. I'll tell you, you just took me right back to the anxiety of when Arden was diagnosed doing that math. (laughs) Yes. That that feeling is the exact reason this podcast exists because I was like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> That's too much math all day long. That is oh too much. All right. Well, Jenny, thank you very much for doing this with me. Yes, of course. Did you know that Jenny Smith works at a little place called integrateddiabetes.com and that you could hire her to help you with your type one? It's true. All right, guys, another great episode. I want to thank Omnipod and Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Please don't forget, you may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. You'll know that if you go to Dexcom.com forward slash Juice You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. That little bit of information can be found out about 
That's not English, but let's keep going at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. There are so many more Defining Diabetes episodes. You can find them in your podcast player by searching Defining Diabetes Juice Box, or you can find them at juiceboxpodcast.com and at diabetesprotip.com. At those same links, you can also find the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes. There are actually a ton of series within the podcast that you may find interesting. The easiest way to learn about them is to join the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Go right up to the top of the page after you get in. It's a private group, so you'll have to answer a couple of questions to prove you're a person. But after you do that, you go up to the Featured tab, and there's these great lists of all the series that exist inside of the Juicebox podcast. That little group has over 22,000 members in it. It's absolutely a wonderful place to watch people talk about diabetes, to ask your questions, or if you think you have a little bit of information you'd like to share with others, it might be a great place for you to answer one of those questions. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. There's also a link to that at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you don't, I don't know, if you, I mean, you could get confused between now and when you get to the Facebook machine. I don't know. I mean, I've given you a lot to do. Join the Facebook group. Check on that Dexcom stuff. Check on that Omnipod stuff. Don't forget to take the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. I mean, it's a solid 20 minutes of stuff you got to do today. But I gave you a shorter episode, so there's plenty of time. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast.